Thank you for listening to Indrani's Light Foundation's Caring for the Caregiver podcast. This is episode 11. In this episode, Indrani, Amy, and Jeremy discuss a common scenario that our caregivers continue to battle with around the holiday and summertime vacations. Have you already been asked to sacrifice your holiday time off for another coworker? Listen in as they discuss some tools to use and options you can consider. Hello, Amy and Andrani. We are back for episode 11. Hello. Today, uh, our scenario from our caregiver, let's jump right in. Uh, and this is, a, this is another tough one as, well, most of them are tough, but uh, this one, I can even feel the tension just reading uh, the scenario as we prepared for this episode. So our caregiver says, I am having a challenge with the upcoming holiday, which we have lots of holidays coming up. So this is an excellent and timely scenario. I have some paid time off banked that I need to use. If I don't use this time off before the end of the year, I lose the hours. I have scheduled the time off for the Thanksgiving weekend and am looking forward to spending time with my family. Now, one of my coworkers has approached me and asked if I could cover her shifts so she can spend Thanksgiving with her family. This coworker has a new baby daughter and is hoping her family can spend time together during her daughter's first Thanksgiving. I really want to be with my family this year, but I feel I am letting my coworker down by not switching shifts. So today we're going to start with Amy. Amy, what do you have from our Live a Brighter Life curriculum to help this caregiver? This is one of my favorite scenarios. I hear this, I think, just about every training that we do for the caregivers. This time off and the guilt that starts happening when the holidays come and people start taking time off and need time for their families or some kind of special event. And it's one of my favorites because, uh, as many of you know, I'm a former police officer. And so, as you might guess, (laughs) in the law enforcement world, there's not a whole lot of time for family, holidays, vacations, it's constantly interrupted and it's just a very difficult time in this career to have a family and have a normal life, so to speak. So where I go here in one of our modules is our letting go chapter. And we talk about the triggers of our guilt and shame. So when someone would approach me and ask for my time off that I have taken, I immediately go to that trigger of what I want to be perceived as. I want to be perceived as a giving person, someone who is thoughtful, caring, respectful. And so as you might imagine, because I was a single police officer at the time, it would make sense, I think, for anybody that wanted to be perceived as a very thoughtful, caring person, is that someone with children or a spouse who has not been able to take holidays off in the past year or two, I mean, it would make sense for me to say, oh, yes, I totally understand. I don't have my own immediate family. So by all means, please take my time off. Does that make sense to you guys? Most of us want to be perceived as, you know, kind, gentle, caring people, as these caregivers do uh, as well. 
So what I would like you all to do as you're listening here, and you may need to hit pause uh, on this podcast as you write in your journal a few words for me. I want you to get into this caregiver's mind and heart and spirit right now and just understand what they may be going through. And then I want you to relate it to yourself. I want you to hear that particular coworker say those words to you in this particular um, scenario here, that they would like to actually take your time. Fill in the following blanks. I want to be perceived as, and write a few words of who you would like to be perceived as. Is it responsible, caring, thoughtful? What is it? Write those words down. And then I want you to write down some words about what you do not want to be perceived as. In this particular scenario, you don't want to be perceived as someone who doesn't care, who is not thoughtful, who's not sympathetic or empathetic to their situation. So just take a moment. What do you not want to be perceived as? And after you've written some of these and recognizing why you go there, we teach here in our curriculum about boundaries, saying no, and you start battling with how can I say no? How can I have boundaries um, around this when I really want to be perceived as a very kind, gentle person who really cares about others? It's a battle. I don't know about the two of you, but this was one of the hardest things about working in the public service, for me anyway, as a police officer. I always gave my time up for people because of these perceptions. And then we talk about the source of what these triggers are. What do the perceptions mean to you? For me, it meant everything. It meant everything to me that other people would think a certain way of me. Their perceptions of me were extraordinarily important. Where do the messages that fuel these identities come from? Where does this come from in you? Was it childhood? Was it, you know, some other scenario in your life that some kind of trauma that happened where you are unable or feel like you're unable to say no or have boundaries around this? There's no way in hell that you're going to be seen as someone who is not caring or not thoughtful in someone else's life. That's where I go, guys, and why I love this particular area of our curriculum so much about these triggers and what I want to be perceived as. I hope that helps. Thanks, Amy. What jumped out at me was right at the start when you talked about uh, people, when, when holiday time came up, even though you had seniority, the first person that came, people came to, to try and get holiday time switched was you. And what I think is interesting about that is that it shows us that when you don't set boundaries, you're still setting boundaries. You're setting a boundary with these people that they can come 
and take your holiday time away. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's an important thing for all of us to remember is when we think we're avoiding conflict or uh, we decide not to set a boundary, we really are setting a boundary. It's just not a boundary of our choice right. and it's not a healthy boundary. That's and so that's, that's important. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Indrani, any thoughts? I, uh, hearing that, I could actually feel, I could actually feel the energy that Amy must have had as her younger self, as her younger single self, knowing how giving she is of herself to begin with, and then to feel that she had to do this. And I think a lot of our caretakers are in that situation. They come to work, mm -hmm. the pay is not great, their, their lives and their, their jobs are stressful. And then they're made to feel, oh, you know, you're not a part of the team and you're not doing this. And, and they have to figure out how to stand on both sides of that divide. And I think, Amy, you're spot on with saying, if you can figure out how a person wants to see themselves and what a trigger is for them, um, for instance, one of my triggers is stingy. If somebody calls me stingy, I just crater and die. Um, well, not literally, but figuratively. And so if, uh, if one of the triggers is, you know, you're, you're selfish, then that could really do a number on that person. But if you know that that's a trigger and you see it coming, you can tell yourself, oh, that's not me. That's just a trigger. It's really cool to be able to label it the trigger as opposed to labeling it, oh, you are selfish or you are stingy. Yeah. Right. And that's why we love journaling, right, Indrani? It's uh, oh, yeah. actually writing the words down uh, is exactly. extraordinarily helpful to be aware of what Yeah, and to, to be able to change that and say, this person thinks I'm selfish, and then you can say, that is not true. Yeah. But to write that down and see it, it with pen and paper is very powerful. Yeah. And I, I think that brings up another important point is all of the different tools that we're sharing in these podcasts, if you go back through the episodes, these are all things that you can practice and do ahead of time or after something happens to prepare for the next time. These aren't tools that you're necessarily going to try and use in the moment when these things come up, because the more prepared we are, the clearer we are about what's important to us, what our boundaries are and what needs to happen and what our triggers are and all of these things. So the more we can do this work in the between times of the actual challenges we face, the better prepared we are to do what we need to do in those challenging times. Now, Jeremy, I have a, a metaphor that we can relay this to. I'm sure that almost every caretaker out there has a go-to dish that they prepare at home, macaroni and cheese or spaghetti mm -hmm. and meatballs or whatever, and they can close their eyes and, and fix that dish. Yep. But if you give them a new recipe, they not only don't know what to buy in the store, they have to bring the list to the store and they have to follow the recipe. And then they have to say, the 
is it taste? You know, they have to ask people. That's what these tools are like. If you practice them every day, like you make that favorite dish, when you need it in an emergency, that recipe for the tool just floods into your brain and you know what to do. If you have never practiced or made it once and, and, you, and it fell apart and nobody liked it, you practice setting a boundary once and it blew up in your face so you never set it again, there is very little chance that you're going to be able to set a clear boundary with a coworker in a situation like this. Actually, I can go one step further. There is almost a 100% chance that you will not be able to set a boundary. And both of you will start um, being angry because that person will want to know why you didn't say yes right off the bat, and you will want to know how dare they ask you in the first place. Right. Agreed. It's the... The Taco Tuesday metaphor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you can close your eyes and make those tacos. Yeah. All right. Indrani, uh, do you want to share your tool for us today? Yes. Um, Amy and Jeremy, I am going to talk about working from your strengths. And this was also part of our letting go um, session number five. If you haven't done your strengths test yet, I'd like everybody to know that you can go to www.v as in Victor, I as in ice cream, A as in apple, survey.org, and do your strengths test for free. You will get your top five strengths. If you want to pay a little money, I think it's about $40, you will get all your strengths. When I did my strengths, I was shocked. Some of the stuff that were strengths for me, I never even assumed that they were strengths. And then some of the stuff that I thought I was strong in was way at the bottom of the list. So it was, it was exhilarating to see that, oh, oh, for instance, one of my strengths is bravery. I always thought, that for me, that bravery was, oh, it's not something I sort of did every once in a while, but not really. But then it came up as in my top five, and I thought, oh, I am a brave person. So I went through my life, you know, uh, age 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, and I wrote down a few of the things that I did in my life that meant I was really brave. For instance, at 21, I moved to America. At 25, I went to Europe with a backpack and a sleeping bag. Blah, 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 right? Those are big, brave things. When I did that, I thought, ooh, Indrani, you are brave. And I did that timeline for my strengths for all of the strengths that were on the top five list. And... I kept looking at my life on a daily basis to say, what would it be like if I would use more humor today? Humor is one of my top five. Or what would it be like if I would use more perspective today? Perspective is one of my top five. And as I did that, you know, on a regular normal day, I started realizing, oh, wow, I use these strengths as a natural course, but I don't give myself credit 
because I think, ah, just because I do it, everybody can do it. But that's not so. Your strengths are unique to you. So in this case, I would love for people to look at their strengths list and ask yourself, what would, and let's say one of your strengths is love of learning. What could love of learning do for me now? Perhaps it means you, you read an, an article about something completely different from what you're going through, just to clear your head. What could zest do for me now? You do a few things based on that strength. You build up the confidence in yourself that day, the next day, the day after, all the while preparing what you are going to say to that person based on your strengths. So the first thing you can say is, you know, I hear what you're saying. I hear that it's important to you. Let me get back to you. I have a lot of plans in place with my family. Let me discuss this with my family. So right off the bat, you are saying, I am not going to make a decision now. But you're also not saying, how dare you ask me this? Don't you know I have plans for my family? They really don't care about your plans. Don't hear that as in they don't care about you. They do. They just know that their plans might be more important than your plans, which is completely different, right? So don't take it personally, but give yourself the time. Then go home and look at your strengths and start to craft a statement or a response that brings to mind all of those strengths. It may not be easy, but I bet it's easier than you think it will be. Tell a few of your family members the conundrum that you are in with this coworker. And let's say you really love this person and you love this person's baby. Ask your family to give you some ideas as to what you could say so that when you speak the words, you are speaking not only from your perspective, from, but from the perspective of your family. Perhaps you didn't know that, you know, a great big party was going to be um, uh, done for Uncle Buddy, who is turning 90. That's, that would be a huge thing that you would miss if you didn't ask about it. So don't assume that you have all the information for your holiday and don't assume that you, can, that you can make the decision without additional information. And if you give yourself the, the width, the breath to say, let me get back to you, and also to kind of poll the family members, then there's a good chance that you could come up with a list of reasons or a statement or, you know, a story that you could say in a very confident and loving way. Now, maybe you still give the person the time. And if you do, and if you do these things before, there's a good chance you will give the time from a place of acceptance and not from a place of anger. How does that sit with you, Jeremy and Amy? Yeah, I, 
I am a big supporter of our strengths uh, portion of our curriculum. I ha that's where I need to go to have the courage uh, really to identify where my strengths are and to be able to then go into saying no and having those boundaries. But the first thing we need to do is identify our strengths. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we'll, we'll put the link to that strength uh, survey in the show notes. Uh, two things came up for me and Dronnie. One is the other benefit I really see to doing the strengths test is it can explain to you the reasons that you need to do things that you might have thought uh, weren't necessary. So for example, <clears throat> when I started my business and was working with clients, I always felt guilty when I was doing research for the client instead of producing a product or a solution for a client. And I had in my mind that, you know, while, you know, going on the internet and looking at stuff and figuring things out and all of this isn't what my clients paying for. They're paying for the solution. But when I did my strengths test years ago, you know, one of my top strengths is what you were talking about, love of learning. Yeah. And I realized that if I don't approach my work for clients by researching and learning new things and putting together the best solution for them, and I'm not using that strength, then the solution I'm providing isn't actually the best work I can do. Right, right. And Jeremy, I can, I can talk firsthand to that. I remember last year when you said you found this group of nonprofit people getting together and you were going to join, and I thought, wow, that is so cool. Mm -hmm. You had to do research to find those people. And because you did the research and because you're in the group, you then had so many other um, ideas and suggestions for us as a team. Right. And if I had said, no, Jeremy, I don't care about your love of learning. Just do it. Do whatever. <laughs> you, you know enough. We would have really missed out. Yeah. So that was your love of learning then. Really, it has paid off because even a couple of weeks ago, you said to me, well, based on this group, blah, blah, blah. And I thought... Oh, Jeremy, thank you. I didn't even think of that. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the other thing that really jumped out at me that <clears throat> I think even we may fall into traps with when we teach this material is we do have to remember that there isn't one right and one wrong answer. And when you talked about going home and talking with your family and, and polling them, and hearing what they had to say, it really jumped out at me that, you know, in this situation, there really is a gray area for setting boundaries because it could be that your family is fine with doing, you know, traditionally does Thanksgiving dinner on the Monday mm -hmm. and her family does it on the Sunday. Mm -hmm. And instead of having to say no to her for all three days of the holiday, it might be that the solution is, hey, I'll work for you Sunday while you have dinner with your baby for the first time, but you're going to work the other two days. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there is never a black and white. In any, I mean, other than death, right? You're dead or you're alive. That's the only <laughs> black and white I can think of. Everything else, a million shades of gray. And we need to look at the gray and see which shade we prefer. 
and then stick to our boundaries that make the gray answer that works for us and isn't a compromise. Right. So when you do the boundary thing, if you do the boundary on your strength and you know why you're saying no, it's easy. You and I know it's easy because all three of us on this call have been practicing these things for the last three years. We cannot expect someone who's just now doing it to say it's easy, but we can promise you that if you do this work daily, it will become second nature. Well, thank you, Indrani. Mm-hmm. All right. The tool I'm going to share today is... Uh, Thinking about what happens when you don't set your personal boundaries and the, the things that happen to you. Uh, you know, we know from research that if you don't set good personal boundaries, there are all sorts of uh, physical things that happen in your body, spiritual things that happen in your life, uh, and all sorts of other uh, you know, you can fall into patterns of physical abuse, which is what a lot of your clients as, as caregivers are experiencing in their lives. But the one I want to focus on is the loss of confidence and self-esteem when we don't set personal boundaries. And this is one that I've really been uh, working with in my own life after this past summer. Uh, you know, I normally try and take more time off in the summer uh, than I do during the rest of the year because my wife is a teacher and my son goes to school, so they're home all summer. Uh, but this, but I usually still do uh, some business building things and, and I make sure I deliver to my clients. And this year, without really thinking about it, uh, I decided that, you know, my family asked me to spend even more time with them and I decided I was going to basically do my Indrani's Light Foundation work and not really worry about the rest of my business. And so I didn't set that boundary of every day I need to do some business building activities. And didn't really think about it. <clears throat> Had an absolutely fabulous summer uh, with setting that boundary. And then in September, when I went to start back work full time and started working on my business, I realized that my confidence in my business was completely shot and my self-esteem about my, my, myself as a business person and a teacher and a person who helps the people that I help was completely shot. And all of September, I've been really struggling and really working hard to get that confidence back, get that self-esteem back that I, you know, I do help people. I can run a business. I can be successful, I can have an impact, I can make a difference. And, you know, I'd never thought about it during the summer when I didn't set that boundary about running my business. And so when you're faced with this situation of, you know, not, you know, not setting that boundary to take your holiday time, uh, and I think this loops back to what Amy talked about with people always coming to her first is as you don't set a boundary in this situation, you lose confidence or self-esteem about how good of a caregiver you are. And you may end up saying yes to more people and yes to more people because you're trying to prove your worth at the shelter or you're trying to prove yourself to, to other people. 
And we, so we have to be really careful when we don't set these boundaries about losing uh, those feelings of confidence and self-esteem. And then the other part that I think we forget about sometimes uh, is if you have children or nieces or nephews or other people that are looking up to you or using you as a role model, we have to remember that not setting these personal boundaries is teaching them not to set personal boundaries. If they see us always saying yes and never saying no, if, you know, I cancel Thanksgiving with my family to help out my coworker, I am showing my kids that it's okay to make plans and cancel. I may be showing my kids that family isn't important. I'm always amazed when, when Finn, my son, observes things some of the, the thoughts that go through his head that I would never think about. And so, you know, those are the things I think we really need to realize whenever we're making these decisions is not only, you know, how is, is, is changing my plans going to affect my family, but how is it going to affect my confidence? How is it going to affect my self-esteem? And what message, what lesson am I teaching to the people in my life who are looking to me as a role model or, or as a leader. And that's my tool for today. Thoughts, Amy or Indrani? Jeremy, what you said about what we're teaching children, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I have a little um, story. When our son was, I don't know, three or so, um, he wanted dad to come up and read a book. And, and dad said that he, he was busy. He couldn't do it. And my son accepted it. And so I was reading the book to him. My husband was on a phone call. And he took the phone call outside of our son's room where our son could hear his voice. And our son said to me, but I thought daddy was too busy. Was he just too busy for me? It broke mm. my heart. I said, just a minute. <laughs> I went out and I said, you get in there and read the book. He's hearing your voice. He thinks you're too busy for him. So yes, what children hear and what they imagine, it blows our minds. But as an adult, we don't even realize what we're doing. And so if you tell your kids, you know what, I'm going to work for so-and-so, it really says maybe, maybe we're not important, mom. And then the next time you say to them, you cannot go to that person's house because we have a family event, they say, yeah, but you mm -hmm. just cancel Thanksgiving. So what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. Right? So we have to be really careful. Jeremy, that was a great point. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy, what came up for me is uh, going back to my own tool of being perceived as, well, first of all, you want to be perceived as, you know, a caring person who cares about others and wants to help, but yet you also want to be perceived as a good dad and a good family man and not breaking promises, those type of things. So what's fascinating here is these start to battle each other. And I know, right. in a few, I, I know that in a future podcast, we're going to be talking about that battle and uh, how we work through these perceptions and these triggers that happen in us and how do we deal with it. But it just brings me right back to that. 
you know, we, we want to be perceived as a lot of great things, right? And yep. uh, oftentimes these are the things that will come up and then what do you do about it? It's that going to the movies part of our training as well that I love so much that Indrani does with us. Yeah. And I think uh, something that I've been exploring lately that really fits in with that, Amy, is, and I can't say a lot about it now because <clears throat> I'm still really unpacking it, but I've always had trouble with that word balance. Um, I'm not sure our lives can ever be in balance. And recently I listened to another podcast where a person talked about how they had thrown out the word balance and instead were discussing how to be in harmony. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, our perceptions of ourselves may never be able to be balanced. I may never be able to balance my perception as being a helpful business person with being a good dad, but I need to look at a way to find harmony. And I think maybe that harmony, as I think about it, lives more in that gray area that Indrani talked about. You know, we're never going to balance the two desires of these two caregivers. They're, yeah. conf they're conflicting if we try to balance them. But if instead we go back to our family, like we talked about, and we find out that, you know, we can do Thanksgiving on one day, they do it on another, we can find harmony with those two requests and make them work together. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the trick is to help the other person be part of that conversation as well. Hey, listen, right. I'm going to talk to my family about this. Why don't you talk to your family about blah, blah, blah. And so everybody comes back to the table with new information. Yeah. And I think that goes a lot way to, to making the whole relationship and that whole interaction more peaceful and stronger because instead of immediately saying no, the person knows you're taking it into consideration. And even, yeah, you know, I asked a big thing and she's thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Instead of just no right away. Right. Okay. Well, I think we've had some great discussions about this one. Uh, I hope that all of you listening find some uh, tools and tidbits and, and pieces of wisdom in today's episode to help when you're dealing with any situation like this and with the holidays approaching, uh, you know, Listen to this uh, a podcast more than once if you need to, to help with setting these important boundaries, uh, you know, figuring out how you want to be perceived versus how you're worried you're going to be perceived, looking at your strengths. And remember that in the show notes on our website, we'll have a link to that via strength survey and using these tools uh, for the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday, uh, the upcoming uh, Christmas holidays and all of the other holidays that all of the different people uh, in the world have at different times that would be impossible uh, to list. Uh, so I think this episode is relevant throughout the year. And I think that's a wrap. Thank you, Indrani and Amy. Thank, Thank you. you, Jeremy. Thank you for listening to the Caring for the Caregivers podcast. You can visit indranislight.org forward slash support and anonymously share your own questions or challenging situations to be answered on the show. You can also sign up for our free caregiver package resources at indranislight.org forward slash care package. If you have any questions, you can email our team at info at 
We hope this podcast has been a source of support and comfort to the amazing work you do in the world. And remember, we see you.